How many are ready to study the Word? Amen. 
Let me move this without breaking it. You got it? All right. Thank you, KP and Cody. Well, how many has been meditating on triggers? Anybody been watching for behaviors and attitudes to be watching for so that we don't continue to fall into the same pit? Amen. And so we've been studying these things. And man, uh, how many can say personally, we don't want to know maybe what they are, but how many can say personally, I've recognized and been able to work on some triggers? Anybody? Something that triggered you? And, and, and there's something I want to share with you as they bring this. And I want you to see this. is because you know our main scripture. And, and this is what I'm talking about here is that this is us. That's who we were, but we've grown and you come and you're doing real good, and all of a sudden something triggers you. And where we want to go is Jeremiah 29, 11. Everybody say 20, Jeremiah 29, 11. And there's something I want to share with you there that, that, I, that I saw that maybe will help it be concrete. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans and purposes that I have for you. There's something I want you to do because listen, sometimes you got to be passionate and you got to be excited and you got to put some things into practice. And so I want to I want to give you two ideas on how to change something. When you get up in the morning, when you sit up, the alarm goes off, and you sit up and your feet hit the floor. What do you usually say and what do you usually think? I want you to name your feet plans and purposes. That when you get out of bed and the alarm goes off, I'm excited about the plans and purposes the Lord has for me today. And you start thinking, there's a plan and a purpose for my life. I'm not just existing, but there's a light that's been given to me from the Holy Spirit to see the ways of the Lord. And so I'm going to put my feet on the ground and I'm going to expect God to do something good today. Plans and purposes. Say plans. Plans and purposes. And so the enemy comes in. Of course, he don't want us to uh, go on up higher. He wants to trigger us with something that goes wrong and starts us going down. And like Brother Chris and I was talking about that fella who was in the race the other day that he, he hit that car and his car just fell to pieces. But because if, the, if Brother Chris was saying if this wreck would have happened seven years ago, the driver would have been dead. But because they had a special capsule inside of that race car, his life was spared. How many know life is, and I've shared this with you before, life is going to collide in some areas of our life. There are going to be some things that, where did that happen and how did that happen? But just like that fellow was in a capsule and it saved his life, God's got you in the center of his will with a plan and purpose so that you can be saved for greater things than you've been experiencing. Can I hear an amen? And so I want you to see this today. In any given moment, we have two options. To step forward into growth. And many times what we step forward into doesn't look like growth. So we can step forward into growth or we can step what? Back. What? Back into safety. Now, how many remembered I taught for, uh, I shared for the graduation, you can either take the elevator or take the stairs. Well, Sister Peggy wrote me and told me she took the stairs to go see her brother. That was on the fourth or sixth floor? Sixth floor. Wow, so go Sister Peggy. Yeah, the sixth floor. And she thought she was going to die. No, every time you go to the hospital, you got to take the stairs. Remember I told y'all I've taken the stairs for years and I don't run into anybody? I ran into a couple last week, and it was a God thing. It was at Cabrini, and they're going, when we're going to Honduras? Well, guess what? They asked me about Honduras. I said, well, we need to go soon. I get a phone call. Our missionary to Honduras is going to be here on the 28th of June. So how many know God does some divine setups? So listen, you take the steps. Everybody say, take the steps. You take a step, 
It's going to take some work. She says she almost thought she was dying. When you take the steps, you're going to feel like you're dying sometime. It goes against how you feel. Sometimes it's just taking one step at a time. But in any given moments, I have two options, to step forward into growth or step back into safety. This is what you need to write in your notes. Once you take your step, guard your steps so you don't lose your steps. When you start learning what's triggered you to be the old you, you need to take a note on that, that I'm not going backwards into being triggered into that person anymore. I'm not that person. I have a plan and I have a purpose. And I'm going to keep climbing those stairs believing that God does have greater things for us. Can I hear an amen? And so once you've you've taken a step, say guard that step. You guard that step. And you keep climbing, you keep growing farther and farther and farther, and you protect those steps because sometimes, listen, how, you know what a big trigger is? Is sometimes I don't understand where, why I am where I am. And so it's easy to lose faith and start going backwards and, and, and trying to find the answers because it doesn't make any sense where I am right now. Well, sometimes it's when you're in the dark, God shines the brightest. And so by faith, you just keep going forward, and you don't let the enemy tell you that it's not going to work out. And look at this. Leave who you were, love who you are, and look forward to who you will become. Can I hear an amen in here tonight? Look forward to who you will become. Thank God I'm not who I used to be, but thank God uh, that, you know, he's going to bring me to be who I need to be as I'm learning and I'm studying, but I'm going to have to do the studying. I'm going to have to invest the time. I'm going to have to take it one step at a time. Because the Bible says in Acts chapter 13, David served his purpose. David served his purpose. Now, how many know David had to take some rough steps? But there's something I want you to think about. We've been taking Bible characters, and we've been looking at things that caused them to be triggered. We're not going to study on King Saul right now, but King Saul was a king of excuses. And because of always making an excuse, he fell into disobedience. And he disobeyed God three times, and it cost him the anointing. It didn't cost him his life, but he cost him the joy of living for God. And, and he had to have musicians around him, and he was so miserable. But he kept making excuses. And there's something I want us to see here in 1 Corinthians tonight, where it says here in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 27, do, do you not realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. Take that step to win. All athletes. How many are athletes in the church? Amen. How many know Paul was speaking that we're all athletes in the church? All athletes are disciplined in their training. You have to be trained if you're going to win. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. Can I hear an Amen. So I run with what? Jeremiah 29, 11. I have a plan and a purpose for you, says the Lord. It's to do you good and not evil all the days of your life. I run with purpose. I run with purpose in my mind. I read the word of God with purpose. I pray with purpose. I go to church with purpose. It says so we run every step with purpose. And I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. I discipline my mind. I discipline my body. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. 
Paul is saying, I'm checking out my triggers. I'm checking out what caused me to start drifting towards the pit, what gets me into that pit so that I don't keep doing the same thing. And when we did the warrior dash, this is what it says. Climb, jump, crawl, but we're going to conquer. Can I hear an amen? Sometimes you're climbing, sometimes you're jumping, sometimes you're crawling, but you're going to conquer. Why? Because you have a purpose in mind. Now, Saul was good about making excuses. We are called to run a race, and we can make excuses too. Like a lot of people make excuses. The reason we're losing is the coach's fault. I mean, it's always so easy to blame the coach. Or, you know, I'm hurt. Well, you know, I, I had some aches and pains, and I had to tape up my ankles, and I taped up my arches, and I taped up my shoulder. I had, ta- I, I, I mean, uh, Academy made a lot of money off of me buying tape to tape my body up. I would look like a, uh, a mummy running out there, but I ran it, and I won. I did what I had to do. I taped what needed to be taped to run the race I needed to race. I get a hold of the scripture I need to run the race. I get a hold of the promises to run the race. I do whatever I have to do except stand there and make excuses that I can't. I said I do what I have to do not to live making excuses why I cannot. Amen. So I always made excuses. It was always somebody else's fault, or, or they made me do it, or the people. But we got to make sure that, that we don't do that. Or I hurt. Or, you know, I don't feel a part. We were running that race, and nobody was saying, how are you feeling? It's like nobody cared how I was doing. I don't feel a part, so I quit. Excuses. Do you want to run for people to encourage you? You want to run to win the prize. It's quiet in here. I have other priorities. I don't want to get up early and drive over two hours to run in St. Francisville for the Warrior Dash. I don't want to climb, jump, conquer, and crawl. I'd rather just stay in bed and find something else to do during the day. I got other priorities. Or the truth is, I don't want it bad enough. And here's the question to you. How bad do you want it? How bad do you want to climb and make it? How long do you want to, how long, how much do you want to overcome all the excuses and the triggers that keep pulling us down? And I want you to see this. Every next level of life will demand a different you. Every next level of life. Every time I make it out of that pit, praise God, and I'm glorifying God and I'm making it around for me to finally quit drifting or to finally get to the place where we can take that ladder I talked to you about, that we all of us is going to take a different me. So that means I'm going to have to have a different mindset, have a different way of thinking. I'm going to have to have a different prayer life to, to, to work on these areas because the truth is undefeated. Amen. Look at this here. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? I don't even know my own heart many times. But you see, when I start practicing, studying the trigger, what causes me to start drifting from peace, from joy, from hope, or whatever area I am in my life, when I start studying the things that are triggering me to start going backwards, then all of a sudden, I start seeing the deceitful things in my heart. I start seeing the desperately wicked things in my heart. And I start seeing how bad my heart is. According to my heart is how I live. And the Bible speaks in Proverbs about life and death is in the power of the tongue. But it talks about the issues of the heart. So I start studying these things and I start seeing these things about, you know, i got to watch what's in my heart. But I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. Oh, i got to watch. That could be a trigger. Secret motive. 
and I'll give to people their due reward according to what their actions, oh, wow, their actions, what? How many of you know, a lot of you love the saints, or maybe you love Alabama, or you love LSU, but how many of you know putting on shoulder pads, cleats, and a jersey don't make you a football player? It's getting out there doing the work that makes you the football player that wins. And it talks here about the actions that they deserve. They get paid what they get paid because they've been taken into the draft and they're good at what they're doing and so they're accepted as players. We've been accepted in the kingdom of God, but not just to sit on a train and let it take us to some destination. It's going to take climbing, crawling, jumping, and conquering. Amen? For me to be to say I'm a son or a king or a child of the Most High God, that means I'm going to have to put some work into it personally. I'm not just going to depend on Sunday and Wednesday or, or the Internet to fulfill my needs, but I'm going to be working on drills every day to be able to be the best version that God has called me to be. Why? i got a plan and i got a purpose. Amen. So I want you to see here. It says you got to watch these evil things because I want you to see this. You can't keep dancing with the devil and ask why you're still in hell. <laughs> hey, come on, amen. Why, why am I still dancing with the devil? Because you live in the pit. And pastor's been teaching for almost a year now to find the triggers to keep you from going dance with the devil and start dancing with Jesus. Can I hear an amen? But there's motives. There's all these different things we got to work on uh, and, and lies that we believe, lies that keep us uh, defeated and, and, and recognize the poison and ask the right questions and shift uh, our, our embrace, uh, what we're embracing that's bringing us down. And I love somebody said, giving up is easier than going to war. Giving up is easier than growing to war. I've been reading some of the letters that Winston Churchill wrote, and especially when France was taken after he told England, we can do it, and then France was taken, and he says, listen, France might have been taken, but we're going to fight for our kingdom island no matter what it takes, by land, by sea, or by air, but we're going to protect our kingdom. That's the attitude we have to have, that though it looks like the Gestapo, as Winston Churchill said, was coming up at us with everything that he had. The thing about it is, is we're going to fight with everything that we have. And so once again, giving up is easier than going to war. It's easy just to give up or say, you know, I, I can't conquer this. I can't do that when God is wanting us to. It says here in 1 Timothy 4, 15 and 16. Look what it says here. Go to work. Go to work. What does it say? First word cultivate these things. Let me tell you a story I just read this week. There was this dad, he was a farmer, and he was dying, so he called his sons around his bed, and he said, uh, your inheritance is buried in the field. And after he died, they all went and got shovels and pickaxes, and they dug in that field with everything they had. Never found anything, but they yielded the best crop they've ever had because they got into that, they plowed that field like they were really looking for treasure. Can I hear an amen? Well, you see this word cultivate? I'm going to have to do some digging. And I'm going to have to break the clods. And I'm going to have to get it ready for the seeds. But I'm going to have to cultivate these things. And then look what it says. What to do? Immerse yourself in them. If we're going to conquer some things, we're going to have to immerse ourselves in the word. And then it goes on to say, and the people, listen, the people will 
all see you mature right before their eyes. Keep a firm grasp on both your character and your teaching. Don't be diverted. Just keep at it. Somebody say, just keep at it. Both you and all those who hear you will experience salvation. Now, this is a powerful scriptures here tonight. But it calls me an accountability that I'm going to have to immerse. I'm going to have to dig. I'm going to have to cultivate my heart and my mind. I'm going to have to get into the word of God. I'm going to have to get into this. Amen. Because he talks about the plans and purposes of the Lord. Look, for you were born for a purpose. Can I hear an amen? You are here on purpose. Can I hear an amen? And, why, and when life knocks you down, remember your purpose. When life knocks you down, I've got a purpose. It may not look like it right now, but I've got a purpose. And so I love this quote. If you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. But the problem is you won't know it when you get there. And it's like I talked about this trigger and this drift. The first time Cindy and I drove all the way through Mexico to Central America uh, in 82, we went in a convoy with other missionaries. Well, at 1 o'clock in the morning, we're supposed to be at this road that turns to keep you from going to, to the Yucatan of Mexico to start taking us towards Belize and Guatemala. Well, the driver didn't see the road, and we went three hours past the turn. So it was 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning. One of the guys ran out of gas, so we were taking turns, pushing him with hours to get him going till we could find a gas station. So we went out two or three hours past the road, had to turn around and push somebody without any gas to a gas station, go back two or three hours, then turn down the right road and keep on our destination. So we lost more than, 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 than five to six hours. And I, I, I wonder if somebody would have prepared with a map the road, and we didn't have GPS then. Thank God now we have GPS and the Holy Spirit. Amen. But can you imagine, if we're not in tune with the Holy Spirit's GPS, how many times we pass signs and we pass uh, hidden things that we could see where we've got to turn and how we've got to do different things so we can get ourselves to the destination and watch what things are messing us up on our road of life. Where's the trigger? And so I, I want to talk real quickly about, with the time we have left, I want you to see this guy here. So don't sit around on your hands. Boy, Paul keeps telling us. Don't sit around on your hands. No more dragging your feet. Clear the path for long-distance runners so no one will trip and fall, and no one will step in a hole, sprain an ankle, help each other out, and run for it. Somebody shout out, run for it. So you see, I mean, the Word of God keeps saying the same thing here tonight. Look what it goes on to say. Work at getting along with each other and with God. Whoa, got to get along with God, okay? Otherwise, you'll never get so much as a glimpse of God. Make sure no one gets left out of God's generosity. Keep a sharp eye, eye out for weeds of bitter discontentment. A thistle or two gone to seed can ruin a whole garden in no time. Now, here we go. This is who we're going to look at who had, a, who had a problem and a trigger, and it cost him everything. Watch out for the Esau syndrome. Watch out for the Esau spirit. Watch out for the Esau attitude. Watch out. For the grandson of Abraham who wasn't passionate about his inheritance. Abraham's own grandson who was the next in line for the inheritance 
wasn't passionate about it at all, and he sold his birthright for a bowl of beans. How's my passion? I mean, Esau should have been passionate about his birthright, but it was of no interest to him. And then look what it says, what happened. It says... Trading away God's life, lifelong gift in order to satisfy, whoa, whoa, satisfy a short-term appetite. Why do I have an appetite for that? Why do I keep falling for that? Why do I keep going after that? This short-term appetite that I'm willing to trade. I'm more passionate about what I, I long for in a short-term time instead of passionate over what God gave me for a long-term time. You well know how Esau later regretted that impulsive act. Okay, there's a trigger, impulsive act. And wanted God's blessing, but by then it was too late. Tears or no tears. How I many know that's got to be one of the saddest things you can read in the Bible? I hate reading about Esau. Because there he was next in line. And he just wasn't passionate enough. He didn't want it bad enough. He didn't want to pay the price hard enough. And it says in the King James Bible, he cried with tears of regret and bitterness, but it was to no avail. And the book of Malachi, it says, God says, I love Jacob, but hate Esau. He said, I hate Esau. Because Esau wasn't passionate about the things that I was passionate for, his plans and his purposes for my life. He was not interested in my plans and purposes for his life. He sold my plans and purposes for a bowl of beans. And it says, though he, he repented with tears, though he, he, he bitterly asked for forgiveness with tears, he never received forgiveness. Why? Listen to this. The, the, here's a trigger. I want my inheritance but it says he never repented. Esau regretted, but 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 he never repented. We get saved and we become an heir of salvation. But I believe that Esau, like some people, is I walk down the aisle because it's the thing to do because I don't want to go to hell, but they really don't get saved. They shake the hand and got their name on a number, and that's enough. They really don't get saved. They just do it because they're looking for hope and peace or, or, or something that's good's going to change. They, they're not happy with their lives, so let me see if this will change my life. And if this don't work, then I'll try Hinduism or Buddhism, or I'll just quit church, and I'll find it on my own. But I gotta find, I've got to find something. No, you don't find something. You find him. You find Jesus Christ. Can I hear an amen? It's only in Jesus Christ. But it says here that, that, that Esau, he, he later regretted it, but he didn't repent of it. And sometimes we wonder, am, am I in the pit because I regret that what I did and I regret that I got found out and I regret what it cost me. But did I really, really get on my hands and knees and repent and cry out over what I did, not over what I lost? Do we cry because we lost our family? Do we cry because of what we did to make us lose our family? 
Do we cry over the regrets or do we weep over the repentance? Esau never cried in repentance. It was only in regret. Now this is deep, church. This is deep. I want it just to sink into your heart. Those watching by internet, this is some powerful stuff. It's not just that you got on the, the train going, this train is bound for glory. This train, this train is bound for glory. Only the, carries the righteous and holy. This train, this train. It ain't no train. It's a race. It's a warfare. It's being immersed and cultivating the word of God. And, and, and it's, you're saved daily by the deeds that you do. And so it's easy to say, yeah, I'm a member of the church. Here's a question. Am I truly a disciple of Jesus Christ? Am I sold out to Jesus? Am I, is it, I'm all in for Jesus. Is it all about Jesus? Is all, is, or is it about some short-term appetites that till, pull my passion away? Because let me tell you something. Esau was known as a man of the country. And I bet like some, some believers... Esau was sitting around the fire, and I've told you what tribes used to do. The ancestors used to sit around the fire, and I imagine Isaac was talking about the blessings of Abraham and the blessing that was supposed to be his. And I imagine Esau was just standing, sitting there. If he would have been modern, he'd be sitting there on his phone while daddy's talking about the inheritance. And Jacob is going, Tell me more about Father Abraham. Tell me more about Father Abraham. And Esau's just sitting there heard that story so many times I've heard those scriptures so many times I've heard that song so many times I've gone to church so many times oh I'm tired of the story just go on now dad and Jacob was tell me the story about Abraham again tell me the story about Abraham again now Esau would have been like a lot of people where he didn't want to hear about Abraham but I bet if daddy would have started talking about fishing Esau would have took his phone down and go, whoa, fishing. Yeah, I'm up for that. Hunting. Oh, I'm up for that. A new bow. Oh, I'm up for that. I bet Esau, when he heard somebody talk about a new Canaanite girl moving in the neighborhood, I bet he said, I'm up for that. Remember short-term appetite? Because Esau liked the Canaanite girls. He didn't want the Jewish girls. He liked the Canaanite girls. He liked hunting. He liked fishing. He liked doing man things. Jacob was hungry after the inheritance. Esau was hungry all about satisfying Esau. And that's why, because of all the different triggers in his life, short-term triggers, that's why when he came in after three days of hunting and he, and he was hungry and his brother was cooking some lentils and he comes up and he goes, I'll give you anything to just fulfill this sharp-term appetite of hunger. All those beans smell good. And Jacob goes, well, I'm passionate about what you're in line for. And since you don't put that much interest on it, I'll give you a bowl of beans for what I really want and you're in line to get. And Esau said, what do I care about this old inheritance? It's just, it's just an inheritance. I'm going to get it anyway. But once it was given, it couldn't be gotten back. When you take that step, protect that step. Don't go back. 
as we have studied Moses and we have studied more than a dozen people in the Bible to, to, to see their triggers and their weaknesses, we see here with Esau that he drifted and he refused to see what God wanted to do. And, and so I want you, I'll end with this one right here. Practice the pause before you go down. Practice the pause. When in doubt, pause. If, if Esau would have stopped and said, do I really want to trade the birthright for a bowl of beans? When in doubt, pause. When angry, pause. When tired, pause. When stressed, pause. And whenever you pause, pray. Somebody shout out, pray. You know, I've heard people say, love like you're never going to love again. Well, I want to tell you something. Can you imagine if we would pray like what we're going to pray would be our last prayer? Do you know how passionate we would pray if I knew I was getting ready to pray my last prayer? If, I, if, if, if God told me, you're going to see me tomorrow, I'd pray like I haven't prayed in a long time. I'd repent like I haven't repented in a long time. I'd worship him like I haven't worshiped in a long time. Why? Because you got one more chance. Can you imagine if we treated every opportunity to worship and get in the word in life, if we treated it like it was our last? How many know we would treat it at a different level? Amen. So I want to ask you to stand tonight. I want you to continue praying about the triggers and, and, and so that you can expand and the things that interrupt your life. And, and what's my trigger that keeps me going in the wrong direction? Here's a question for you. What's my current behavior that is causing my downfall? What's my current behavior? When I look at the works of the flesh and the fruit of the Holy Spirit, what's my current behavior that keeps causing me to go down? Why do I usually end up in the same place. It's time to break it. It's time to look forward to the prize. Amen. And I got to see, look, to see what am I working out, what I'm not working at. And Esau talked or thought himself out of his reward. And remember I said what triggers you, your behavior? Esau ended up behaving himself into a curse. Esau ended up behaving himself into a curse. And so we just come before you, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, and we read in your word that, Lord, you know our hearts and the intents of our hearts. And we come before you, and, Lord, reading on Esau just provokes us to just pray and repent and ask you, Holy Spirit, as David cried out, if there be any wicked way in me, Lead me to the way everlasting. And teach us, Holy Spirit, how to cultivate and work in the areas of your word and in our hearts so that we may not sin against you. We just don't want to be Christians because of the name, but we want to be Christ-like because we're in love with the Savior himself. We're not asking for our free ride We thank you for the mercy and grace, but we thank you for the edification of the Holy Spirit, which is able to build us up. It's able to build us up into that plans and purposes you have for each and every one of us. We know that this hour you're crying out for a church that's mature. That we may grow 
in the knowledge of Jesus Christ that we may know him. And that's our desire, Heavenly Father, as we come together to be disciples of Jesus Christ. That we may know you, Jesus. That we may serve you wholeheartedly with all our heart, soul, and mind. Because you deserve all that we have. You deserve the best. We pray over our church. We pray over the churches of our area. We pray over the churches of our nation and over the world. That, oh God, that may we awaken to see the greatest opportunity is every day to have an encounter and to meet with you. May we be passionate about what we sing about. May we be passionate about what we read about. May we be passionate about what we pray about. May we be passionate about the lives we live for you. Father, we cry out for passion and purpose to come alive inside of us. Forgive us where we've been lukewarm and you've warned us in Revelation that you'll spew us out of your mouth. Lord, may we be red hot for you. Those watching by internet, may we just burn up for you. Burn brightly for you because we're excited. Lord, we're excited about seeing our lives fixed. Seeing our lives grow and mature. Become more and more like you. And we thank for your mercy that covers us and your grace that enables us. And we ask this and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Amen, church. Amen. Did you get something out of this tonight? Amen. Aren't you glad you're, you're, you're not Esau? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, listen, we got our prayer team up here. We're going to be available to pray with you in the area, your bodies, your spirit, your finances, your home. Whatever you need prayer with, please make sure you don't go before getting prayed over. Believe that God will do a wonderful, wonderful work in your life. And listen, we love you. Looking forward to this Sunday. It's going to be Father's Day. We're going to have a great Father's Day. Reach out to one another. Greet one another. If you don't know somebody, please introduce yourself. We love you and we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen.